0: Hello, this is episode 233 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Dr. Natasha Riley. This episode is on the INFJ Unicorn Podcast. I'm sorry this is a podcast for a very specific subset of people, and I'm drawn every so often to do these podcasts. Partly as I evolve myself and I go through growth spurts and I understand more, but also they always draw more unicorns into my world. It's like travelling through the world with a pulsating horn out of the top of your head like an antenna, and you either get that or you don't. And just because others aren't unicorns doesn't mean you don't develop deep connections with them or they don't have a great purpose in your life. I think when INFJs read not living in their own truth, they're inclined to judge others too harshly. This is another reason why I love personality, is it focuses on you seeing other's strengths, what they feel that you can't. A lot depends on your focus here. I'm so fortunate to have an extensive tribe of them dotted around the globe. I track them from around the age of six. I love watching them grow up. I try to be to them what I didn't have myself growing up. I know a massive turning point for all INFJs is meeting another. And they often speak the phrase to me, I don't know how you saw me, no one else could. We live in the shadows, especially when we lack confidence in our difference. We have many bad reactions to it while we're younger. And they live in fear of us showing ourselves, which is why if I really live what I preach, I should be able to share the deepest part of myself with you here, without worry of your judgment or your misunderstanding. So this is a unicorn episode. There's a great deal of confusion between the concepts of connection and relationship. We have a deep fear of intimacy, and it's a topic I wrote a whole book on which I ironically call bringing out the ugly, because that's what it feels like over and over when you're younger as an INFJ. People do not understand their draw to you. They don't understand the depth of the connection, because they often haven't experienced it before. It unnerves them. My closest connections are all with heterosexual women or men for this reason. People who are very comfortable in their own sexuality and relationships, so there isn't any grey areas. You hold invisible threads to people. You don't even need to know them. You can find yourself feeling concerned for others that you've never met. I reached out to a fellow unicorn recently and I didn't hear back from them for two days. And I was very concerned because it was out of character and they'd been on my mind a lot. And eventually they surfaced to say that they'd lost a dear relation on the day that I'd been concerned about them. And it's funny because we often communicate in feathers. I told you this was going to be a weird episode for those who get it and those who don't. But we always have a sense of when our tribe needs to hear from us. I will often reach out to people and tell them I was thinking of them. And they'll say, oh, I was thinking of you the other day too. And it's got to this stage where they know when I'm going to reach out. Or I know when they are. It's the weirdness that we all live in and never share. It really is like traveling through the world with a tuning fork. And I'm not sure I wish it on everybody. And I'm reminded of Jung's words. I thought of them again this morning. And he said to have a gift is not to gain something, it's to have something to give. And we have to focus on what we have to give to keep going. At this point, each person has a unique signal for me. And I have a lot of difficulty sometimes sleeping with international time zones. And I have to make a very conscious effort if I want to switch off and disconnect. We don't just read words, we read energy. We can tell when people are projecting at us from great distances, we feel it. We feel the motivations behind words and actions, deeply so. We can often question ourselves about this when we're younger and think we imagined it, but you never have. And it may take years for you to find the truth, but it will always arrive. But you can similarly feel great support, love, trust, compassion, help. It's all waiting out there for you. But it's a journey and you may meet many frogs before you ever find another unicorn. But if you don't trust and open yourself up, you'll never know. And the problem is that this level of connection can't be found without vulnerability. But by being vulnerable, you may be hurt many times. But it gets easier When you're successful in your vulnerability and you do form good connections through patience and openness and honesty and you'll then understand the truth more of what you need in your world and you'll be able to sit in it and you'll be able to not react when others aren't on the same page as you and we have to accept that everyone is not as weird as we are many people will never be able to meet us in the connections that we ask for And you have a choice to make at that point. You can continue to hold them anyway. You can continue to support people or you can sever the connection. And this can't be done by sending bad energy or pain or hurt or any projection. You are very powerful in the choices you make. And I worry that I meet so many people now with these skills who have them set in very dark intentions. And I guess this is another reason for me recording this podcast because I'm starting to see that the sensitivity and the empathy and the skill set that we have has almost been eroded by narcissism in our current society. So you have to be incredibly conscious about the choices you make and the actions that you take and the place that you do them from. I think one of the biggest reasons why so many young INFJs struggle, and even older, underdeveloped ones that I've met along the way, They always say they give more to the world than they get back. If they stop giving, it hurts. And if they give and they don't receive, it hurts. You must learn to give from a place of no need. If you don't do this, you will always hurt. And you will also find it incredibly draining to hang out with other people. I wrote a passage in a book called Journey to Connection, which really spoke to others like me. When you give... Is almost from an energy outside of yourself, without any taint. And when you do this, it's incredibly recharging for you to hang out with the other people who are also capable of doing this. And I'm fortunate that I have many of those people in my world now. But one of the biggest reasons why INFJs feel dissatisfied in the world is because they only give from a place of need. And it is very draining to be that plugged into the world. You are incredibly sensitive, strangers will ask you for comfort, dogs want you to talk to them, babies stare at you. It's all demanding in a way. You can't sit in a space with others without taking on their emotional feelings and their pain and absorbing those. And I have already spoken a great deal about self-care routines. I think this was probably the last special episode of an INFJ podcast that I did because of the pandemic situation. And recently, one of the things that I've added to that is starting to listen to certain frequencies, the concept of heart frequencies and frequencies that that connect the heart and mind. And I've always known that frequencies affect me a great deal. But I've only recently started to do some research into that. So it's another tool for INFJs to add to their kit. But the biggest recharge is knowing others like you to be weird with, to be able to completely be yourself with. I find a common theme of all young INFJs being bullied by teachers in school. We have a very high emotional intelligence from a young age and this quite often threatens others. I think maybe we get better at not showing it to others as we get older, I don't know. But there are always moments of being bullied in school and often by adults. I've always seen that pattern in the people who come to work with me. But again, it's really important that you don't let those shape your fear for the future. Because if you do, you will never connect with the people like you. All INFJs are shy as children. And there's a big difference between shyness and confidence. Confidence is an internal concept. And shyness for me is a time factor. It's the time you need to grow into having a presence. The same one that so many people gravitate towards. And I'll often have big conversations with parents in allowing this time to just allow yourself to develop the courage to have so many outside people drawn to your energy. It's disconcerting when you're younger. It's not the same as confidence. You can be very confident in your abilities and courageous and strong to go and do things, but you can need to be very quiet. And nearly all INFJs I know crave an invisibility clock. I still do many days. You need to write your feelings out, even if you never send them, and you will endlessly reflect on whether or not to send them. But you are connected to so much, and there are so many layers for you to navigate, that you cannot do this any other way. And I think, for me, that was one of the most difficult aspects of me having dyslexia, because I realized that I could only really properly start to write in my thirties, to really write my emotions. But it's important for you to do things for yourself occasionally. We have a tendency to put others' feelings before ours and to endlessly see every side of a situation and every side of a story and every side of a scenario. But sometimes you need to speak your truth for your own sake. And INFJs are very bad at doing this. We're not very easy to get to know. The average amount of time to become part of my life is about three years. And I think... There are many aspects of this we don't show ourselves. It takes three years, I think, for sometimes for others to not judge you based on their own reference point. Because they've never met anyone like you before. And they don't understand your actions. The hardest lesson for me in life was to realise the fact you can only see me from your own frame of reference. And I have to leave the door open long enough for you to work out that my frame of reference is different. I endlessly look for potential in others. I think one of my biggest failings is seeing potential in others and thinking it's the reality of where they are. But this is fantastic for work, as the best way for others to achieve is for someone to have belief in what's possible, to already see them in that place. We're the ultimate seed planters of society, and seeds take patience, and they take care after planting. And they take acceptance that they have their own life cycle too. You're never nurturing them for yourself. And I think it's difficult to have patience when you're younger as well. And it's difficult for you to fully understand the concepts of free will. And to understand the concepts of how complicated energy is in terms of a connection to others. So I'm avidly waiting for a book in the post called Black Unicorn. I'm beyond excited in the absence of being able to know Lorraine Hansberry. At least I'll have a book called The Black Unicorn on my shelf. So yes, I realise it's a slightly odd podcast. It's many aspects I haven't talked about before, I don't think. Only in private conversations with my unicorns.